Um, like Matt said earlier, my name is Katie Leverett. I'm the Children's Ministry Director here at Stonebridge, and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. If you have a middle school student, um, they can head out this back door for um, together with the youth, and then elementary, rising first through fifth grade, can head out the back um, with Ruth Allen and Tracy back there. <coughs> So um, I, again, my name is Katie Leverett. I'm the Children's Ministry Director here at Stonebridge, and David asked if I would speak this morning and share just a little bit of testimony from my life with you guys, um, some ways that I've seen and experienced God work in my life and in my heart over the past few years, and I said that I would. So here I am, and that's what I'm going to do this morning. Um, four years ago, I had kind of a defining moment I think in my life and in my walk with the Lord, I had been in a job for five years at that point and I felt like um, <clears throat> God was really clearly leading me out of that and into something new. And I didn't know what the something new was, but um, it was a big life change. And I think for the first time, I felt like God was really clearly leading me. I could feel his presence and hear his voice. And I think something about that moment kind of caused me to take a step back from my life, this big shift. And I started asking questions um, just about like, what did my life look like? And what did I want my life to look like? And where was my relationship with the Lord? And what was the desire in my heart for that relationship moving forward? And I feel like as I pulled back and looked at my life up to that point, I felt like I really had been living um, pretty unintentionally. I felt hurried and rushed and busy all the time. I felt like I was always just running from one thing to the next, trying to hold everything together. I felt um, stressed out and burned out, and I just felt like I was not living the abundant life that Jesus promises and we choose to follow him. Um, I felt like I was not able to live with a focus on my relationship with the Lord and on the things that he had in my heart. I felt like I didn't have time to get everything done. Um, and that was without even getting to the things I really wanted to do in my relationship with the Lord. Um, and I don't know if you felt that way too ever. I think it's pretty common in our culture um, to live that way, hurried and rushed and busy and um, just unfocused and distracted. And I love this verse in Psalm 90. It's verse 12. And um, this psalm is a prayer. It's Moses wrote the psalm and he prays and he asks God this. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Or um, I also looked up the New International Reader's Version because I work in children's ministry. Um, and that translation I really liked. It said, um, let me find it. It said, teach us to realize how short our lives are, and then our hearts will become wise. Um, and I think this idea of numbering our days, realizing how fleeting life is, that our days and our time and our energy on earth are so limited and really go by so quickly, it could be kind of morbid or depressing, um, but it's not because we know Jesus. It's not because we know the one who lives forever and who invites us into eternal life. And because of that, I think this idea that Moses is asking God for, this idea of numbering our days, recognizing um, the brevity of our life, it's really an invitation into full relationship with the Lord um, and into the things that he has for us. And I think um, in this season of my life, God was answering that prayer for me. He was teaching me to number my days. He was teaching me um, that the time is short. And I think when we realize that, 
when God teaches that um, to us through the view of eternity in him and through his kingdom, I think it gives us a heart of wisdom. It gives us um, what we need uh, to live with intentionality into our relationship with the Father and into the things he's calling us to. Um, And so I think that's kind of the conclusion I came to, which sounds lofty and ideal, right? Like we all want that. Of course we would want that. Why not? Um, But I didn't know how to do it. I'm like, this is kind of my heart's desire, Lord, and I feel like he's taught me to number my days, and maybe I am starting to kind of have a heart of wisdom, but I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know how to make the change. Um, And over the past four years, I feel like there are three spiritual practices that God in his grace and in his goodness have led me, has led me to um, that have really kind of shaped my heart and helped me to live more with the heart of wisdom over the last few years, um, to put more focus into making my days count in a way that reflects God and his goodness and his kingdom. And so this morning I wanted to share just kind of that story with you and um, my experience with these disciplines as God's used them to shape my life and to um, hopefully make me look more like Jesus. Um, I'm very much still on the journey. I am not an expert at this. I do not um, always live with a heart of wisdom or with um, focus on the things that matter and the eternal things. I definitely um, still deal with distraction and getting my heart um, kind of buried under trivial or temporal things for sure. But I do feel like in God's grace, he's grown me and I've seen change in my life and change in my heart over the past four years. Um, so before we jump in, a couple of things to just keep in mind as we kind of talk, uh, talk through these disciplines. These are ways that I've seen God work in my life over the past few years, but it's definitely not prescriptive. This is not a to-do list for you in your walk with the Lord. Um, this is just my journey and how I've seen him work these things in my heart. Um, and then I think it's important to remember, too, that all spiritual disciplines are a means to an end, and the end is relationship with God. When we do practice spiritual disciplines, the purpose is never um, to perfect the practice, right? To become the best prayer or the best worshiper. Um, The purpose is to just use the practice to create space, to allow God to work in our hearts and allow God to work in our lives. Um, So jumping in, the first practice I feel like God led me to was the practice of simplicity. And I really started looking into this and reading about this more from a secular viewpoint. Um, But at the time, my life was just complicated and full. My house was full of stuff. My schedule was full of commitments. My mind and my heart were always full of just all kinds of input from the world. And I just, again, felt really constantly busy and distracted and unfocused and just kind of buried under the weight of life, um, trying to stay afloat. And I started reading about this idea of simplicity. Again, kind of in in a secular framework, and I started putting this practice into um, place in external areas of my life. But what I found was that while I kind of practiced these ideas externally, God really met me and worked in my heart internally as well. And I think it is worth noting, I think today a lot of people are talking about this idea of more simple and slow and intentional living. I think it's because a lot of the world is living distracted and busied and hurried. Um, 
But when people are talking about it in a secular way, they're leaving out the best part, right? They're leaving out Jesus. The most important part of deciding to live a more simple life and really centering your life on something is deciding what you're centering around. And as followers of Christ, we are centering around him, right? The things that he has for us and his goodness, not necessarily just our own wants and our own desires. It's not only saying yes to the things that we want to do that bring us joy, um, that spark joy in our lives, and no to the things that don't, right? It's saying yes to the things that God has for us. And often those things are gonna bring us um, joy and pleasure and fulfillment. Um, but I think as followers of Christ, we also have to be ready to um, and expect to be called sometimes to sacrifice and to service um, to others with our limited time and resources. It's not just about living for our own personal fulfillment. And so as I put these practices into place kind of in my home, I started in the easiest place, I think, the most tangible. Um, I started in my house, and I kind of went through our possessions, like everything we owned, and I got rid of a ton of stuff. I got rid of stuff that we didn't need and stuff we didn't want and stuff we didn't even know that we had. And as I, as I went through this physical act of simplifying my home and going through my possessions, all this stuff I'd accumulated over the years, I think God did two things in my heart with that practice. The first, I think he challenged me um, as I looked at just all of the material goods that we had accumulated and everything I was getting rid of was a ton, and our house was still full. Like, we still had more than we needed. And I recognized just how much time and energy and focus I had been spending on material things, like researching what to buy, and then actually buying it, and the money that it took to buy it, and the time it took to take care of it and to clean it, to find it when we lost it, to fix it when it was broken, and now to remove it from our lives. Um, I just really was struck by all the time and energy I had put into my material things. And I think God began to uncover for me places in my heart where I had been looking to my stuff to fulfillment, uh, to bring me fulfillment and to bring me joy, um, where I had been making an idol out of, my, out of my things, that if I just get this one other shirt or if I get this one thing, then I'll be happy. Then our house will be um, will be settled. And God just really revealed to me where my heart had been making an idol out of those things and it was challenging for me. And then on the flip side, I think as we did this, actually kind of removed this stuff from our life, I think we experienced the truth of Jesus's teachings on possessions as we um, removed that excess weight and this abundance of possessions, and we still have an abundance of possessions. We live in Marietta. Um, in 2020, you know, we have, we have stuff, but as we kind of got rid of some of that excess, we experienced the truth of his teachings. We experienced more freedom and time, more contentment with what we did have, more gratitude for the things that he had given us. In the book of Luke, Jesus says, life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And I don't think I ever would have said I disagreed with him. I don't think I would have said, no, I think it does. I think I'm really putting a lot of time and energy into an abundance of possessions and accumulating more and more for myself. Um, but as I looked at our stuff and as I experienced um, God's grace in kind of um, making intentional decisions about my stuff, I think I experienced that truth from him. The next place I started to kind of simplify was my schedule. Um, again, I always felt like I was, my schedule was packed and I was rushing from one thing to another. I couldn't really focus where I was ever. Um, but it was kind of funny, as I looked at my schedule, I realized maybe I wasn't quite as busy as I thought. As I kind of looked at the hours in my week and how I was spending them, I realized I really 
was kind of distracted more than busy, and I was wasting a lot of the time um, that I had been given by the Lord, um, I feel like I came to the conclusion I didn't really need more time, which is what I had always felt like. I just needed to focus on the things that mattered, um, but that was hard too, right? Because what matters, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. Um, and so I just kind of asked God, what are you calling me to in this season of life? What do you have for my schedule? What are the things in my life that you want me to put my focus on and care about? And I feel like he answered me in that. For me personally, um, like right now in this season, I feel called to my work here at Stonebridge to lead our um, kids team and to provide meaningful worship experiences. I feel called to my family to be a wife to my husband and a um, mother to our daughter. And I feel called to our community, um, to our friends and our small group and our extended family. And so as I kind of unearthed the things that God was calling me to in that season, I could run requests and commitments and invitations through that grid um, and really shape my schedule and shape my life around the things that mattered rather than all of the things that popped up that seemed so urgent or seemed like I could just fit it in. Um, I did find that um, I had to be willing to say no to some good things sometimes. I had to be willing to say no to invitations that I'd like to have accepted or might have even been good, but they weren't the best thing. Sometimes we have to say no to good things so that we can say yes to the best things and the things that God has for us. Um, and I also feel like I kind of wrapped my brain around the idea that I can do anything, right? But I can't do everything. Again, I've got limited time and energy, and there are so many options for us today of ways to spend our time. Um, but it was helpful for me to kind of see everything as a trade-off. If I say yes to this, then I'm going to say no to something else. If I say no to this, then that opens up opportunity for me to maybe say yes to somewhere else that God's calling me. Um, to fill my days with those things. And then finally, I simplified my input. Um, as I kind of was living with a more simplified schedule and a more simplified home, I still found that any downtime I had was really filled with distractions that I would reach for my phone or Netflix or read news articles, um, social media, advertisements everywhere. I've um, heard that on average today we see 5,000 ads a day. Um, so it's no wonder my house was full of stuff and I still felt like I didn't have what I needed. Um, my brain was just receiving constant input and noise from the world and it was just tired. And so I started kind of limiting my input. I started putting limits on um, how much time I spent doing those things. Sometimes took a break for a day or a week or even a month um, to just kind of reset and I was really struck by how much less anxiety and discontentment um, and comparison I, I felt in my heart and how much more freedom and time and um, gratitude and ability to just be present to the life that God had given me and the things that he was calling me to when I kind of shut off some of that outside noise. Um, I was able to hear more clearly his voice when I um, turned off some of the things that were always just drowning it out. And so as I kind of simplified my life in these different areas um, around the things that I felt like God was calling to, it not only gave me more time and more freedom, but I think I did start to experience more of that abundant life that Jesus offers, more of God's love and peace and joy, um, more peace in my heart and less worry, more peace and less stress and striving. Um, I really feel like God met me in that place, um, and I feel like I'm just getting started. There's... I. 
again, I started reading about it in a secular way, and then later on, after I was kind of doing some of this, I realized it's, there is a Christian discipline of simplicity, um, and I've kind of been reading about that, and it goes into all kinds of facets of life, but I feel like just in the beginning part of this journey, I've seen God meet me so clearly, and I'm thankful for that. Um, the next area where I feel like God kind of led me was this practice of Sabbath, and um, practicing Sabbath as setting aside a day a week to just stop and to rest and to delight in the Lord. My family started practicing Sabbath just a few months ago. We're really pretty new to it, um, but it's been really good for us in our walk with the Lord. I think for me, it's, I feel like it kind of does three things for me. So first, it's a time to rest. Um, it's a time for me to rest in God's presence, um, to kind of turn my heart away from the distractions of the world and whatever's happened that week back to God. I find I get time to really process with him on our Sabbath days, emotions that are in my heart that maybe I didn't even know were there, places that I'm struggling, the condition of my heart and my soul. All of that has a chance to kind of rise to the surface, and I get to process that with the Lord and let him minister to me in those places rather than just pushing through day after day um, like I had been before. I think as well, um, I've noticed sometimes it's really easy to stop, right? Sometimes we think Sabbath, a day to just rest. That sounds awesome. Yes, please, right? Sometimes it's easy. I'm exhausted at the end of the week, and all I want to do is play with my family and take a nap and read scripture and eat good food, um, and it's really easy to accept that gift of rest from God. But I've also found just in our few short months of doing this that sometimes it's harder. Um, sometimes my to-do list isn't complete. Um, I have work that I need to finish or an errand that I really need or want to run um, or a house project that we're almost completed with. And on those weeks, it really is more of an act of discipline and of trust, of trusting that I can stop and that the Lord is the one who holds all things together, that if I stop to rest, the world is not gonna fall apart, and I can, as his child, experience freedom and rest and peace in his sovereignty and his provision, even if I haven't made it to the bottom of my list. And so I think it's been growing me in that way. Um, I have found whether it's a welcome relief at the end of the week or whether it's a discipline that I'm following through with, I do think God has met me um, in our practice of Sabbath, I always feel refreshed and feel like I've encountered him, um, and it just gives time for us to stop and to be present to what he's given us. Um, it's also a time to turn off noise from the world. For our family, we turn off all of our screens. We don't do TV or phones, um, and I can't tell you how much that changes the atmosphere in our home. On Friday evening, we just turn our phones off and put them away, um, and it just changes the atmosphere, it allows us to be so much more present with each other and with the Lord. And then I think... Um, most importantly, it's a time to worship. So it's a time to really enjoy the gifts that God's given us and to thank him for those things, um, to be mindful of his presence and to read his word, to pray, to listen to worship music, just a time to, to stop and to be with the Lord and to delight in him. Um, Sabbath has really helped my heart to slow down, I think. I've learned that I can take a break and the world gets along just fine without me, which is humbling at times, but also really freeing. Um, and I think it has just developed a new dependence and a new trust for me in God's sovereignty and in his provision. Um, I've found that rather than feeling like the other six days of the week are more crammed full because I'm getting rid, um, giving up that seventh day, I actually feel more freedom and peace throughout the week, having experienced God's provision in my rest. Um, 
And I think there's not a right way to do Sabbath, but um, I know friends that we've talked to are always kind of um, curious about what that looks like for a family in Marietta in 2020. And so um, for us, these are just a few best practices that we've found helpful. They're not a list of to-dos if you decide to maybe start practicing Sabbath, but just things that have been helpful for our family. So we prepare, um, we clean up the house, we wrap up what we need to, which is actually kind of fun. It feels like we're... um, getting ready for vacation or a holiday, it kind of builds this feeling of expectancy about what God's going to do. We turn off our screens. We spend time outside. I think being outside in nature really helps our hearts to slow down and to connect to the Lord, um, to just see his goodness and his glory and his provision. So often in scripture, we're pointed to nature um, as a way to remind us just of God's care for us and of his sovereignty. Um, We eat good food. We order out on Friday night because I don't want to make dinner and start the Sabbath with a messy kitchen. So we, um, we order food and we eat a good breakfast on Saturday morning. We avoid consuming, so we try not to shop or to buy anything for that day. Um, we usually walk to get coffee at a local coffee shop, but we try not to accumulate any material goods. And then the, really the filter for us is just, is it rest? or is it worship? And if the answer is yes, we do it. And if the answer is no, then we don't, because there are six other days a week that we can pull weeds and mark off the to-do list and change light bulbs and go to work and um, clean the house. And so we just try to take that day to only rest and to worship um, God. So that's kind of what Sabbath has looked like for us. And then the last discipline that I wanted to share with you this morning that I feel like God's really Um, worked in my heart through is the discipline of silence and solitude. And this one's really hard um, for me personally. It's much easier to connect with the Lord through worship or through reading and studying scripture or even through intercessory prayer when I feel like I have something I really, that's on my heart and I want to talk to him about. But it's hard um, in the world today to find even time and space to be with God in the quiet, to be alone with him in a quiet environment. And often when I do find that time, I feel like I can't, like I'm like, yes, I can sit alone in the quiet with God. And then my brain is going 100 miles an hour. I can't quiet my spirit and I can't um, turn off my internal noise to listen to the Father. And so sometimes that happens and I feel like I end up leaving my time in the quiet feeling kind of discouraged or even disconnected from God, but I think even um, though it's been a really challenging practice for me, and maybe because it's been a really challenging practice for me, I really have grown in my conviction of its importance um, and of the, the ways that God's able to change me through that time. I read a quote recently by um, Henry Nowen about silence and solitude, and he said this, without solitude, it's virtually impossible to live a spiritual life We do not take the spiritual life seriously if we do not set aside some time to be with God and to listen to him. That quote was really convicting for me, um, that if I want to grow in relationship with God, I have to spend relational time with him, not just studying his word or singing to him or... um, sharing my thoughts and words with him, but I have to spend time with him with no agenda, relational time to just be in his presence and experience his goodness. Um, And I think we see this in the life of Jesus too. When we read the gospels, we see that Jesus so often was withdrawing away from the world to spend time in the quiet with his father. 
Um, and I think when he did that, we often see him emerge with more clarity around his calling. He's ready and refreshed. He's ready to um, continue on with the work that God's called him to do. He knows what the Father is asking of him. And I think um, if that's true for Jesus, it's true for us too. How much more necessary for us to spend times in the quiet with God and to let him speak identity and calling and love into our hearts. Um, For me, I started really practicing silence and solitude on a regular basis when I started on the Stonebridge staff four years ago. David had us um, practice times of rest as a staff, like um, active rest in the Lord, so just receiving spiritual rest from God. And one of the disciplines we kind of rotated through was silence and solitude. And again, it was really hard for me. On the days that it was worship, I was like, yes, I've got this. I can totally worship for this amount of time. On silence and solitude days, I struggled. Um, It was bad. I would be like, surely the time that we were supposed to sit in quiet with the Lord is up. And I would check my watch, and we're like not even halfway there. Um, But I just couldn't settle into that place with the Lord. It was hard. Um, I have seen that over time and practice, I feel like I have seen more fruit in those times with the Lord. I feel like he's slowly teaching me to just be with him and to just abide. Um, I think for me, both simplifying my life around um, God and practicing Sabbath, they've both given me more space to experience God's presence in moments of silence and solitude and to practice that. Um, And I find I do more often than not now come out of those times feeling more peaceful, um, feeling more clarity around my identity as a daughter of God and more clarity around what he's calling me to that day or during that season of life. Um, I have less logistics to share around this discipline. It's really not easy, but it is simple. You just have to make time to be in the quiet alone with God, and I think you have to keep doing it if you want to see growth. Um, there are some kind of best practices that I've found helpful in my time, some things I think the Lord's led me to. First is just take the pressure off. Um, for so long, I think I was going into it with an agenda. I felt like I had to hear this life-altering word from the Lord, or I had to just have this mountaintop moment experience with Him, and I think it's just not true. Take the pressure off. There's no agenda. You're just sitting in his presence. Um, I heard a quote, I think it's from Ronald Rollheiser, I'm not quite sure. I tried to track it back down and I couldn't. Um, But the quote was, prayer is relaxing into God's goodness. That's all it is, that's all it is. Just relax into God's goodness, recognize who he is, and, um, and just let yourself relax in his presence. That really helped me in my practice. Um, turn off your phone and put it away. I learned this through my practice of Sabbath. Um, I can't focus if my phone is near me, so I'd have to turn it off and put it like out of sight. Um, go outside, stay long enough to let your internal noise die down. I think we've got to give time. Um, it's easy to quiet the external. Sometimes um, it's harder to turn off our internal noise, I think. And then if you need a little bit of content, I think just ask one simple question. Um, I've heard um, of someone who asks, what would be pleasing to you today? They just ask God and then they listen for an answer um, to give direction and calling to their life for that day or ask, is there something you wanna tell me today, God? And then just listen um, and be in his presence. When I practice silence and solitude with the Lord, um, 
I really do feel like I get to experience his presence. I feel like I experience his peace and I'm able to kind of take those things out into the world with me. I remember my identity as a daughter. I remember his goodness as a father. And as I kind of just contemplate his love for me and his righteousness and his goodness, I think my love and my dependence on him grows as well. And so I'm really thankful um, to the Lord for the ways in which he's led me into that practice and um, for just walking me through as I take baby step after baby step after baby step and grow in that. Um, so again, I'm still very much growing on this journey in all of these practices and in living a life that's more focused on my relationship with the Father and the things that he's calling me to, but I do think um, I've seen fruit over the last few years and have experienced a lot of God's goodness along the way, and I'm really thankful to him for that. I'm thankful for you letting me share with you this morning and just kind of give him praise for the things that I've seen him do in my life and in my heart. Um, so as we step into a time of prayer and worship here at the end, Bo's going to come back up. I would just encourage you, if you resonated with any of that, if you feel um, kind of have that sense that your life is lived in a hurry and kind of feel pulled from one thing to the other and never really able to focus on the things that God's put in your heart, just acknowledge that before the Lord. Just confess that to him and ask him. We can pray the same prayer Moses did. God, teach us to number our days and give us a heart of wisdom so that we can lean fully into relationship with you and into the things that you're calling me to. Maybe you need to just ask, what are those things you're calling me to, Lord? Um, or is there a place in my life where I can make a change to create more space for you to work in my heart and to conform me more into the image of your son? So let's pray um, while Bo comes up to lead us in worship. God, we're so thankful. Um, just for the days that you have given us, for the time that you've given us here on earth, God, and um, most of all, just for the invitation that you extend into relationship with you, Lord. I pray um, this morning just um, for all of us, God, that you would show us to number our days, Lord, that you would um, show us ways to create space in our lives and in our hearts for you to work, God, to allow you um, to do the things that you long to do in our hearts, to make us look more like Jesus and to lead us in to the abundant life of love and joy and peace that he promises God. We love you so much, um, and we thank you for being a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>